baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There's no offseason here. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl here on the 21st day of February 2018. Hey, you know, the nightmare that has been this offseason of players not signing is starting to thaw out a little bit. You're starting to see some of the players sign on with teams. Uh, the Eric Hosmer, I talked about this, uh, that he was still out there, and I've been saying that, you know, that he's been one of the people pointing to and saying, well, there's, there is, you know, he's having trouble signing with a club, and is that a sign of collusion going on in baseball right now? And he signed a a very long term deal with the San Diego Padres. Now, let's be positive before you're being negative. Okay, he is a very good defensive first baseman. I mean, he's a Gold Glove winner four or five times in his career. I don't put a lot of stock in the Gold Glove, but there you go. Um, he has good power. Um, he has, he is a good player. He is, he's a good player. And unlike most free agents, he's, he's only 28 years old. You know, he's not someone who's like 33 years old and signed him to a, a huge contract. I'm trying to be positive here because there's a lot of negative things that I look at with this Eric Hosmer signing that makes me scratch my head, but all right, fine. You're going to get his, you know, 28, 29, 30. You're going to get three years of potential peak prime of his career. And how the hell long was his contract? His contract was, drum roll please, it was an eight-year deal. Okay. Um, and I believe there is some, there is the, the first three seasons... He has a full no-trade clause, and he has an opt-out clause after the fifth year. So the best thing that could happen to the Padres is that he gives them five excellent years, and he decides to opt out and try to parlay it to something else. The worst thing that happens to the Padres is that he finds out that playing in not only a pitcher's ballpark at home, but what is going to be a division where the majority of his games are going to be played in the National League West, where you have stadiums like AT&T Park, you have stadiums like uh, Dodger Stadium. They're going to be using the humidor in whatever the hell. Is Chase Field, is that what the Diamondbacks call the place? You know, you are going to have a bunch of games in Coors Field, and God bless you there. But he's going to be playing a lot of pitchers' ballparks. And... The thing that that still drives me a little batty about this signing is, first of all, the number of years is ridiculous to me. Even with an opt-out after five, I think five is a little long. But there are first basemen you can get that are cheaper than this. And I don't see Eric Hosmer as being the type of player that you build the team around. You know, if this were... If this were Paul Goldschmidt, if this were Joey Votto, 
I'd say, you know what? Your prime years you're getting of him is Hall of Fame level. I mean, if you said tomorrow, I think Paul Goldschmidt's going to win the Most Valuable Player Award in 2018. That's not a crazy pick. That's probably a good pick. If you say, I think Joey Votto's going to win the MVP, no one would blink. Is it Joey Votto? Really? Yeah, that's maybe who I'm picking right now. That's someone who's a difference maker. That's someone who is one of the elite players in the game. Am I a bad person that I don't think that Eric Hosmer is one of the elite players in the game? And can the Padres afford to give that kind of money to someone who's not an elite player? And they're not a team that's going to win next year. They're not. With every, if everything falls into place, they're the third best team in that division. If everything falls into place. And not everything will fall into place. They did this a couple of years ago when they made a bunch of moves, including the Upton Brother reunion and Matt Camp and, 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 um, and trading for all. You made a bunch of moves, pushing their chips in the center of the table. It screwed up their farm system. It probably set back their rebuilding process by two or three years. They could have been the Rockies making the postseason last year or Arizona making the playoffs last year, but they didn't because they traded away players because they're trying to make a splash. I'll tell you you who really lucked out on this. Kansas City. Kansas City got seven years of all-star caliber Eric Hosmer, a world championship out of Eric Hosmer. One of the most dramatic home runs in team's history in the playoff series against the Angels in 2014. Some huge dramatic hits in the playoffs and World Series in 2015. Year in and year out, putting up solid numbers for a solid player. And they don't have to worry about paying for his declining years, and they pick up a draft pick along the way. I'm not rooting against Eric Hosmer. I'm not. I'm actually not rooting against San Diego. I would love to see the San Diego Padres win the World Series. They've never won a World Series. They've won one World Series game. And they are a, one of the next in line of a city who needs a hug. That needs to have their pain relieved. You know, San Diego is an underrated, tortured sports fan base. And a World Series title would go a long way of healing. It would be the greatest moment in the history. The the history of San Diego sports, a Padres World Championship would be the pinnacle for a fan base who has lost their beloved Chargers. They'll come back eventually. But they've lost their beloved Chargers. And so now they're a baseball-only city. And so in one sense, I get what they're doing. In one sense, saying, hey, we our corner infield is now Eric Hosmer and Chase Headley, which is not, they're not a bad corner. And I actually don't think Eric Hosmer is going to be bad. I don't think this is going to be like what happened with Pablo Sandoval, which I knew was going to be a disaster. Check the podcast. I was screaming against it because I knew it was going to be a catastrophe. I don't think this is going to be a catastrophe. I just don't think it's going to push the needle. 
My thoughts of the Padres were they're probably a fourth-place team, maybe a last-place team in this division. That's before Hosmer signed, and it's the same now. And I think Will Myers is better off at first than he is in the outfield. In other words, they had a first baseman. That wasn't the issue with this team. There's not enough talent on this team right now, and you're just better off playing the young kids. Are they better than the Dodgers? No. Are they better than Arizona? Arizona, who lost out on J.D. Martinez, I'll get to that in a second, they replaced J.D. Martinez pretty inexpensively with D'Souza from, uh, uh, from Tampa Bay, who was just jettisoning the team, they're, you know, breaking that team up left and right. I'll get to that in a second. And so they know, look at is he going to be as good as J.D. Martinez? No, but he's a solid outfielder. They've got a good outfield. They've got a lot of pop on that team. I think Arizona will remain a good team. They, I think they are a high 80s, low 90 win team. Now, what about Colorado? I think they're a mid-80s, low-90 win team with a ton of young talent and went through the trials and tribulations of a pennant race last year. Plus, San Francisco, if Bumgarner's healthy, if Cueto's healthy, if McCutcheon and Longoria have good seasons, not great seasons, but good seasons, I think that's a more talented team than San Diego. You know, when you see someone who has $50,000 of credit card debt, no job, no income coming in, and is looking at, like, you know, final notices from collection agencies, and you see that person going out and spending money on like a giant you know spa resort in Santa Barbara for the weekend and ordering caviar you're like well, what the hell are you doing why are you spending that shouldn't you be taking care of-? you're not in a position to do that it's a great scene in Mean Streets when De Niro, who owes money to everyone in the neighborhood, shows up to the shows up to the bar and is talking to Harvey Keitel and he shows you like this shirt I bought I bought this new shirt and Harvey Keitel said what are you doing buying shirts when you owe people money and I kind of look at the Padres and say, what are you doing spending this money on a first baseman that doesn't move the needle I don't get it. I don't. And this is the, what drives me crazy is this is the same thing the Padres did in 2014. And it was a disaster then. It was a disaster. And it seems like they're doing the same thing. And I just... I, they're going to get two or three really good years out of Hosmer probably. Or two years, two or three years of, you know, best quality Hosmer. And as I said, best quality Hosmer is pretty good. But isn't difference making? It isn't Joey Votto. It isn't Giancarlo Stanton. And if you're not paying for that, then 
Either spread that money around or keep your powder dry. That isn't collusion. That's being smart. Who here is picking the Padres to make the postseason? You know, Sally, you never know. Sometimes teams shut up. Voice in my head. The Royals look so smart right now. As I said, they got the best years of him. They got a draft pick for him. They don't have to pay this money for him. And they can turn to the fans and say, hey, we offered him all this money too. We tried our best. Thanks for the memories. In two or three years, when people write about what are the worst contracts in baseball, people are going to point to this one. I have no doubt in my mind about that. No doubt in my mind. Meanwhile, the Rays don't have a major league team anymore. They signed Carlos Gomez today, but (laughs) that's not going to help. Between the Marlins and the Rays... If you put them together, do you have a major league franchise? Do you have a major league roster? Are there going to be any major leaguers calling Florida home once spring training ends? Remember when Florida was looked upon as a great place that everyone wanted to move their team to? That they couldn't wait to expand down there? Now you have two franchises with, I mean, the Marlins are a disgrace. And I don't 100% know what Tampa Bay is doing. Like, they're getting players back. They traded Odorizzi. They traded Souza. They traded some of these players away. So I, I don't know what they're getting back. Who knows? They could be getting really good young players back, for all I know. But they're not fielding a competitive team. In an American League where... It doesn't take a great team to make a run for the wild card. And I can't help but think if this is kind of it for Tampa Bay. I don't want the Rays to move from Tampa Bay. Oh, they're talking, oh, we're going to look for a new stadium. The, the, The Rays are not a new team anymore. You know, this is the 20th anniversary of the forming of the Tampa Bay Rays. Using the rule of seven, if you're 27 years old, you don't remember a major league without Tampa Bay. That's a fifth of a century that they'll have been playing in Tropicana Field where people are, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm not what we're going to do. And that's longer than the Braves were in Milwaukee. That's longer than the second version the Senators were in Washington. That's a nice sample size of we have a terrible stadium, it's hamstringing our franchise, and we're not finding another solution. I don't want the Rays to move. I don't. But their attendance is going to Jeez, will they be able to outdraw my son's middle school play? Seriously. I mean, I personally think baseball can expand into two different markets. I think there's enough talent out there, especially if Cuba opens up more, especially if more players come out of Colombia. You can find 50 more major leaguers. Hell, 
you could put together a quality major league team based upon the unsigned free agents right now. But they have to fix what's going on in Florida. They have to. They have to tell the Marlins, look at you've lined everything up. You're in a big market with a new stadium. You need to put something on the field that isn't grotesque. And they need to figure out what the hell they're doing with Tampa Bay. They have to. I mean, this is... The, Manfred has to realize the two biggest problems in terms of the franchises are what the hell are you going to do with the A's in their stadium? I guess it's three things. What the hell are you going to do with the A's in their stadium? What the hell are you going to do with the Rays? And what are you going to do about the Marlins? And I also think, what are you going to do about the Mets? They get that ownership out of there. But that's neither here nor there right now. I mean, as a Red Sox fan, in one way, it's great that Tampa Bay is dismantling because that gives the Red Sox a punching bag for 18 or 19 games this season. But as a pure baseball fan... I don't like seeing punching bags. It was nice to have Tampa Bay be a team that said, hey, look at they're competitive. They're tough. Don't sleep on Tampa Bay. As recently as 2013, they were in the American League Division Series. They contended for a chunk of last year. But here we are. Here we are. The great Joe Madden era of Tampa Bay notwithstanding... This franchise has been around for 20 years, and except between 2008 and 2013, they've been a non-factor. And I know they have they, they get decent television ratings. You know, I keep hearing from the fans who are from Tampa Bay, they get very defensive about their attendance and the stadium situation. They've had 20 years to figure it out. If you were born the day... The, the, uh, the Rays or the Devil Rays played their first game. You are a year away from being able to legally drink. So we got to find some solutions. I don't want to move teams. But if it's not going to work in Tampa Bay, you kind of got to figure it out. And if you're going to keep it in Tampa Bay, you got to change the status quo. That's one of the things that always drives me crazy. It drove me crazy about the Expo situation when everyone saw it's not working in Montreal. They're not going to be keeping it in Montreal. They have to go to Washington. Well, they can't go to Washington until they make a deal with the Orioles. Okay, make a deal with the Orioles. Three years later, they made the deal with the Orioles. Why did it take three years? Why is it taking decades to figure out what to do with the A Stadium? Why is it taking decades to figure out what to do with Tampa Stadium? Why does it take years and years of horrible management for, with three different ownership groups with the Marlins and we're still in the same place? So Tampa is dismantling, which is good news for the Twins. They pick up Odorizzi. If they pick up one more solid pitcher like Lance Lynn or Jake Arrieta, I put them in the postseason. They're a good quality young team. And look at them. They were a team that was such a disaster that people were talking about contracting them. They're not contracting them now. They're in a new stadium. They seem to be in line to making the postseason in back-to-back seasons. They've been in the playoffs several times since 2002. No one remembers it because they have a one piddly-poo. But they are a team that has had some success, at least in the regular season. 
You can turn it around. That franchise was a disaster. In a horrible stadium with what appeared to be indifferent fans and management that wanted to scrap them. So what are you going to do? Are you going to turn it around like they did in Minnesota? Or are you going to admit defeat and figure out a new solution like when Montreal became Washington? But what you can't have is status quo. And that's what drives me bananas. When something isn't working and you still see, oh, well, we're just, it's just going to continue on like that. You know, as a Boston fan, it works because it means the Red Sox have a better chance to make the postseason, but it's not good for the health of the sport, especially one that probably should expand to two more teams. If for no other reason, then it would make an even number of teams on both sides. We don't have to have an interleague game every day. By the way, I have to say this. Uh, I love the J.D. Martinez trade, our signing. And I'm not being a hypocrite for praising the J.D. Martinez signing and trashing the Eric Cosmer signing or questioning the Eric Cosmer signing because those are two franchises that are in different places. The Red Sox have won back-to-back divisions. They have Chris Sale in their rotation. If they have not great Cy Young seasons, but good seasons, decent seasons, out of Price and Porcello, and you, there's room for improvement from players like Hanley Ramirez, Mookie Betts, and Xander Bogarts, who all had disappointing seasons last year. Think about it. They won the division last year with crap seasons from Price, Porcello, disappointing seasons from Bogarts and Betts, and not you know, and spurts from Hanley Ramirez. If a few of those players turn it around in 2018, and you're adding J.D. Martinez, you're not asking him to be a superstar. You're asking him to be a nice big clubber in the lineup. I'm feeling positive about the Red Sox. Yes, even against the Yankees. Because the Yankees, even though they have this lineup that will hit an unbelievable amount of homers, do you know what? I've seen Yankee teams who've hit unbelievable amount of homers before. And some of those teams didn't win because of the question marks in their pitching staff. And I have questions of the Yankees' pitching staff. It could be fine. Hell, if Sabathia and Tanaka and Severino all have the years, and Sonny Gray, all have good quality seasons, then hell, the Yankees are going to win 100 games and they may go to the World Series. For those of you who think I'm just going to trash the Yankees, I'm a Red Sox fan. The scenario that has them being a dominant team going to the World Series is not that outlandish. But the scenario that has them being struggling to make the playoffs is also not outlandish. Sonny Gray is always hurt. CeCe Sabathia is a fat old man with an injury problem. Masahiro Tanaka's elbow is held together with gum. And Luis Severino had a tremendous superstar season last year. Was that who he really is? Or was that that one fluke great year that he had? Hello, Rick Porcello. It's not outlandish. And plus, the Red Sox shouldn't be thinking, oh, are we going to get a Giancarlo Stanton? No. We got a good, solid power hitter in a lineup full of guys who can get on base 
and go first to third on a double or first to third on a single. <laughs> they better go first to third on a double. And I, right now, I like the Red Sox starting staff more than I like the Yankees starting staff. I like the Yankees bullpen more than I like the Red Sox bullpen. I like the Yankees lineup more than I like the Red Sox lineup. Which is why I would probably pick the Yankees to win the division this year. But they are not prohibitive favorites. I think the J.D. Martinez signing is a great one for the Red Sox because they're in a position where a big power hitter in the middle of their lineup could make a difference between 87 wins and 90 wins. And that may be the difference. You see what it's like in the to get into the postseason, you, 90 wins may be enough to punch your ticket. And the, that is not the situation that the Padres are in. And so that's why. J.D. Martinez could be a flop. He could be a catastrophe. I don't think he will be, but he could be. I also think the Red Sox are in a position where they needed to do this. And he may just be the type of player, may not hit 40 home runs, but he may drive in enough runs and produce enough runs to win some games for, for the pitchers. I love that we're talking about this. I do. I love that we're talking about what player goes with this and that and the other thing. There's still some tremendous players out there that I just wish would find homes. You know, I'd like to see Carlos Gonzalez. Some of them, I hope, just go back to their teams. You know, Moustakis goes back to the Royals or, or Carlos Gonzalez goes back to the Rockies or Lance Lynn goes back to the St. Louis Cardinals. All those would make sense to me. Of course, what I think is going to happen is you're going to see a lot of these players just waiting. And what happens every spring training? Someone gets hurt. Someone's third baseman will go down. Someone's starting pitcher will go down. Someone's outfielder will go down. And like, oh, Christ, we just lost this guy. What the hell are we going to do? I don't know. We could just get Carlos Gonzalez, stick him in there. Yeah, that'll work. Oh, what are we going to do? Our infield is a mess right now. Well, you know what? This infielder can move over to second, and we're moving Mike Moustakas there. There you go. By the way, I got to say one other quick thing. Um, I hate praising the Yankees, but I thought they made a good move. Brandon Drury, bringing him in, allows them not to start two rookies in the infield. That's a good quality move they made. The Yankees are going to be good. The Red Sox are going to be good. Minnesota's going to be good. Arizona's going to be good. This season's going to be good. And you're going to have some bad teams. All of them in Florida will be bad. You're not going to see a great year out of Oakland. I would like to see these situations fixed. But the fact of the matter is, San Diego has gone from a mediocre team to a slightly better mediocre team. And that's not me trashing the Padres. That's me stating this is the situation that the team is in. And there's a certain amount of desperation that happens when a franchise makes a long-term decision like this that I think can really hurt the team much further than any opt-out 
clause, easy for you to say, that Eric Hosmer may have at this time. I want to see the Padres win. I think they'd be good for baseball. But do you know what? They're not in the position. What are you doing buying clothes when you owe money all over town? So, I'm going to talk a little bit tomorrow about some other things that are going on, but I just want to talk baseball and signings because it's been so frustrating that we haven't had that at this point, and I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more over the next bunch of days as we're creeping closer and closer to actual games and me making actual picks. So go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Talking about teams that made the right moves and the wrong moves. This has been Sully Baseball for the 21st day of February 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.